All right, I'm looking for a place to sit, and there's just a few benches in the park, and they're all kind of in places where I don't really want to be. And I do have to sit, of course. Most of the uh, tombstones are flat on the ground, so you don't want to sit on those. There's only a few benches. Those are occupied. That one's too close to the traffic. Uh, and those people are taking the one big tombstone that's like a big, huge slab you could sit on. You could sit on the damn thing cross-legged, which they are. Okay, let's walk in the other direction. I'm in the uh, cemetery I was telling you about. The uh, thing was a bit sacred. And yet, as I walked in through the gate, as I came in here, I had this thought. And, uh, of course, I'm a little embarrassed to tell you now. I've, I've run it by you already once in my mind, and some of you are too impressed. But the point was, my library intact as it is, should be worth more than me pitifully selling off a couple of books here and there or giving them away might be nice, but you'd never give away all of them. But the concept of talking somebody in, somebody who had money or fundraiser, buying my library intact, every book in the damn thing, you got, you got so much good shit in there. Why split it all up? And it's all tied to one person. I took a lifetime a lifetime collecting those books from Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa, and Vancouver. Used bookshops across the country. This has got to be worth something, for Christ's sake. Well, of course, at the same time I thought that, I uh, ordered myself, I think it was a sainthood, uh, because I've just been so kind and good. And, uh, oh shit, now the bench I had has gone, oh my god. You really need, there are times when you really need to sit down, and that group of kids with the dog has got another one. <sighs> Should have stayed where I was. There were lovely parks and so on, but I, I, I guess I did my, this part of the pilgrimage was probably not necessary. Hmm. I have, you know, I mean, not every action I've taken has been perfect on this tour. I have made a few minor mistakes. Now... I've read this to you before, so I'm not going to read it again. Uh, St. Matthew's Cemetery. May they rest in peace. In 2009-10, the city of Quebec restored the cemetery, taking great care to preserve the spirit of the place. Ha, ha, ha. And well, it took a while. A peaceful haven in the heart of the St. Jean-Baptiste Quarter, the cemetery still has the feeling of being a corner of England. There are currently 314 gravestones in which the names of some 580 people are inscribed. Worn by time, they tell us stories of the deceased, infant deaths, epidemics, death by drowning. 314 is a small number if we consider that the cemetery served from 1772 to 1860 as a burial site for the Protestant Anglophone population of Quebec City, which was flourishing at that time. That would be 18, or 1772 to 1860. 314 is a small number when you think that of the 6,000 to 10,000 individuals who were buried here, their bodies piled one on top of the other, buried tightly and close to one another. St. Matthew Cemetery and the church next door, now converted into a library, have been designated as an historic site by the government of Quebec. Well, I'm glad that happened. It took a while, 2009-2010, but it is the thing I was campaigning for in my own quiet way. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad about that. I'm just going to have to sit on a wall here for a while. So the sainthood I was anointing myself with Excuse me. Well, the reason is, I am a nice guy. Now, I, I, it may be a bit of a stretch to go from nice guy to sainthood. Um, but when I was in this little shop, I stopped to get some snacks. When I saw APCL, you know, your, your little corner store, walked in and was greeted by somebody who looked of Asian descent, maybe Vietnamese, Spoke French, was very, very timid, very shy, but not smiling at all. And I think it was the job that, okay, when, you, when a stranger walks into your shop, you have to assume a position of coldness and distance, um, sadly. And uh, I was delighted. I found a couple of packs of Miss Vicky's and some walnuts. And, uh, ah, my lunch, I almost forgot. Thank you for reminding me, folks. What's in the bag, you were saying? Um, well, uh, not walnuts. I hate walnuts. Cashews, chocolate, and... Um, Almonds. So that's for our snack tonight. I've got three beer left. Chilling in my sink right now. Um, my point, the scenehood, yes. So I did not want to leave that shop. I did not want to leave that shop 
uh, without breaking the ice, without getting a smile or an exchange from her. It just felt bad. It's not right to leave any stranger unturned. Um, so, sorry, i got to rest on my knee while I drink my jug. Can you still hear me? I'm shaking up the chocolate. And uh, so anyway, I've got to I've got to break the ice somehow. So I bought my stuff. She told me the uh, the name and uh, the cost in French. I heard, I understood, I repeated it. Maybe the credit card, I think. Yes. And um, then found the Miss Chippies, Miss Chippies, <laughs> the Miss Vickies, which I'd forgotten about. And so grabbed one bag each of them. But after asking, c'est combien? She told me in dollars cinquante. And um, paid for those cash, but made an exchange somehow with her of something I said. Uh, we counted the money together, me and French, her and French, knowing, you know. I asked her, do, I, I said, parlez-vous anglais? That was it, parlez-vous anglais? And she said, a little, very small smile, but it broke the ice, it was a smile. And uh, I carried on in French, and it was, it was pleasant. And, I felt comfortable when I got it right, and it was nice, and she smiled, and we left with very several exchanges of uh, merci beaucoup's and bonjournées, and so on. And it just felt there was closure to that purchase, and I feel I have to do that with every cashier on me. You know, it's not to take up a lot of their time. It's to say, hey, I am a man of peace, coming into your world. It's good, you're getting the uh, sound effects as people walk past me here. Uh, so anyway, listen, I came back on for a reason. I went to where I left you off last. This is Ken, by the way. And, uh, uh, to St. Jean-Baptiste, the church. And I thought, oh, okay, I go to the front door. Wow, pigeon shit everywhere, and it stinks of urine. And you can see the piss marks against the corner. Doors are taped. And uh, cigarette butts, garbage, litter... Okay, whoa, oh, that's, you know, that was not like that the last time. And it was a profound sadness because on previous podcasts from Quebec City, I have a dude, I go to that church and I spend almost an hour, at least an hour, sitting there. What time is it anyway? Well, quarter to three, okay. Um, that time sitting there in awe of the absolute beauty of the church. And to find it locked up and run down is... A, my God, I can understand people, I was going to say overthrowing religion. There is the sense, there was a real sense that there's already been a revolution in Quebec, the quiet revolution, and the power of the church has gone, and it's gone to the point of almost like a vindictiveness. Don't you realize that that is an incredibly beautiful building that the city should be looking after? Never mind whether there are parishioners. And I guess maybe they're saying, well, the church should, I don't know. The Vatican, maybe. Yeah, the Vatican, make them pay for it. Maybe that's why they're letting it get run down. I don't know if that's the, uh, the purpose. But it was terribly, terribly sad. Not just that I couldn't go in, but that the whole church, this wonderful church and this important church, St. Jean-Baptiste, had been completely abandoned. Locked up tight and had looked like nobody had been in there for ages. I, oh, man, oh, man. <sighs> Again, nothing to do with my sainthood. In fact, the more I talk about it, the more I'm going to have to put that on hold. No, take that back. No, no, no. There won't be a, a, a poll I'm putting up, whether you vote sainthood upon me or not. It's sounding weaker by the minute. Uh, but the library, selling the library in text. See, part of this is I'm building myself up for some fame that I don't feel I've achieved in my lifetime. And I want it. I want it now. So reaching out and saying, okay, hey... Now, you could ask, and a lot of people would, well, why are you worthy of fame? Well, I answer to you, fuck you, why not? You know, wait, Kim Kardashian gets it? Well, yeah, but they're talented and beautiful, and they do things, and they have money. Other people have earned it working hard. Madonna, for example, who I don't like personally, but by golly, you can't take it away from her. I'm just a, a humble man, and I really... Humble? Well, ooh, God. Called on that one, too, I guess, eh? Um, the man I mentioned, I saw passing me with the cane and the white hair and gave me this gentlest... Uh, was it a bonjour or a greeting? Um, 
he's in the, the same park here. He came to the same place. And I thought, I guess maybe he's maybe a retired priest. And it was also connected to this feeling about the church being abandoned, that these people are on their own. There's no congregation to talk to anymore. He's sitting on a bench. He was talking to one person. Uh, still is. And he's sitting in such a position on the edge of the bench, exactly adjoining the second bench, as close as you can get. Sometimes people don't want to talk to each other. They'll sit on opposite ends, polar ends of the bench. He's sitting in the place where you can't possibly avoid him. It says, you know, one seat short of sitting on your bench. Uh, and so that may be his uh, sermon, just as I'm giving you one now. And you may ask, okay, well, let's get to the point. Well, I'm kind of warming up, trying to get myself in the right frame of mind for this thing I'm going to deliver. And, you know, obviously, this is a big deal to me. It's been a big deal speaking at any conferences in the past. Um, this is a big deal to me, and I, and I want to do it right. I want, to, I want to nail it. I want to get the... So, in order to do that, you have to know, well, what is it you want to convey? What is it you want to point? What is it you want them to understand? You don't just get up there and talk and tell a story and entertain them. Yeah, you can do that. You've been doing it for years, but is there a point you want to get across, a message? One of them is, and I, and I don't know whether to come, I come at this right off the top, and I think I might, is how much I support Greta and how important I think it is that we this congregation does. That, hey, yeah, the churches are in trouble. They're closing. I just told you about one. But if you can maybe switch around the reasons and, and get people going again about what I think is, is more the message of Christ, which, oh, my God, you're going to hate this. Well, just, just be good. Just be good. Do good. She tried to say that in the Toronto Star Globe and Mail interviews, and they, uh, they gave her a very hard time. The comments were cruel, 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 and vicious and uh, very unchristian. So I, I just want to get that point across that I really, I really, I believe in what she's doing. That yes, you should be able allowed to be a minister and not believe in some stupid god, you know. And of course, that just has people. Oh, yeah, but I believe in a stupid god. You can't do that. You can't take it away. It's, I believe in Santa Claus. That wasn't very cleverly done. Sorry, mm. chocolate milk's not bad. That was a, that was my lunch. That was my lunch. So, here's the call. It's quarter to three. I said I'd be back by 3.30. Get ready for four. I should probably start leaving here pretty soon. And, uh, be done with it. I had the smallest, smallest, smallest of possible roaches. But uh, it did the trick, and uh, there's no point in me doing any more. At all. So, I will continue my walk, and the question is, when I come out of this yard, do I turn left or right? Right takes me downhill, and uh, yeah, I think I go right and uh, come out of Parliament. Yeah, I've got to see Parliament again. Alright, boys girls, this is Ken signing off. Ken. And, uh, I'm not crazy. I just uh, want to think a little more highly of myself. Thank you for your understanding. Bye for now.
bonjour. This is uh, Ken calling you from his hometown, Montreal. In fact, I'm at the uh, harbor, the port. And uh, i got to tell you, it's just so exciting to come back to Montreal. We got off to a great start. Um, just driving, you know, and, and seeing the city ahead of you, seeing the St. Lawrence, and uh, then crossing over and, for the first time ever, going up the um, tower of the Olympic Stadium. I'd never done that. And what a fantastic view of... Uh, St. Helens Island and the bridges, the city, Mount Royal, uh, just fabulous, well worth the trip. We've never done it before with this group. This is the first year, and now it will become a regular feature every year. To um, I used to take them up to um, the overlook of the city. Uh, we'd park the bus below and would walk up the mountain to uh, Mount Royal, and you get a view sort of the back of McGill University and the, the river in the distance and so on, but this is just so much better, and of course I don't have to walk, you ride that neat little uh, elevator that takes you up, uh, the tower, so uh, that was a bonus, and now uh, we've driven back along Sherbrooke Street, and again, every street we pass, I love the names, I love the sound of it, I, 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 I never realized... I never realized that doesn't make sense. I forget what a hold Montreal has on me. It's just even the names. Like driving past, you know, P-I-E-X. <laughs> ah, Pinoof. Or P-I-E-X, I guess. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, Rue Saint-Denis and along Sherbrooke Street and Boulevard René-Levesque and uh, Guy Guy. Uh, all these names, the names of the streets, I don't know because I, I didn't live downtown Montreal. I lived in Lachine and commuted in by train, but there's something about Montreal. And I think it's because it was my father's life too. And my father, of course, helped dredge out part to open the uh, St. Lawrence Seaway that I feel so attached to it. And the more Canadian history I read, the more important it all seems to me, the history of Montreal and... Uh, so it's it's just a very very happy time for me to be back here. So now we got two hours free time. We uh, we had a, a lunch before getting on the uh, tower at Olympic Village, Olympic Stadium, and then um, dropped the girls off at uh, Nelson's Column uh, along Notre Dame. Drop, walk them down to the lower part where all the little souvenir, tacky t-shirt shops and everything else are. And said, all right, you got two hours. And they love nothing more than shopping and being able to stroll by themselves. We, we did tell them to hang on tightly to your purse. Um, because who knows what can happen. It's a, it's a Saturday. It's crowded with tourists and who knows who else. Uh, and then we're going to... Um, then we're going to uh, meet up and go out for our supper. Uh, it's funny, the teacher has just approached me, and I don't think he's seen me yet, Osamu, but he knows I podcast. And oh, he turned, he looked this way and turned and walked away. So uh, <laughs> he's just having a journey on his own. Both teachers went in opposite directions, and Judy, our wonderful, wonderful guy, the lady I refer to as my sister, who I often hug and the two of us get each other into hysterics. I mean, we really act like children over the silliest, sometimes rudest jokes. And uh, the teachers just love it. Well, one of the teachers anyway. Sometimes both. It's just an odd, wacky kind of humor that uh, is funny or it's not. Think of Shane and Tom and uh, their style of humor. It, that just breaks me up all the time, but I know somebody else would listen to that and, and not find it in the least bit clever or amusing. So, anyway, that's what uh, that's what I'm here doing. I tried to find... I'm sitting on an anchor, which seems very, very appropriate. I, I mean, it's a real ship's anchor uh, lodged in the ground here and uh, I said oh gee it's got a, a perfect a little back to it uh, this will be just the place to sit 
and record a clip to you. So not a very exciting clip, just a uh, taking stock, letting you know how excited I am, that, that feeling, that thrill of being here. And yet, I mean, it was well over 40 years ago that I left this city, so why does it still have such appeal to me? Why does it still feel so special? Uh, maybe it's the idea of Montreal. I mean, maybe not. Maybe, of course. No, coming alive during Expo, that would have a lot to do with it. Being 19 during Expo 67, that was prime time for Canada, for Montreal. And uh, being around for the Olympics, I was back here in 76 for whatever reason, I don't know, but I came back to Montreal that summer. And, uh, gosh, that when we preparing to go to Mexico? I don't know. Anyway, I was here for the Olympics. And now I'm here every year for the past, since we started this tour, for just usually a brief stop, a one-night stop. And more exciting after this, why I get to see other friends. I think I already mentioned that, so I won't go on about it here. But uh, just a quick hello and uh, au revoir. See you again. I, I had other anecdotes. They're just not with me now. I think I'm just going to... Uh, Relax in the sun and uh, take it easy. Ken, signing out. Bye for now. Chick, 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 chick. 7.30 a.m. on uh, Sunday, August 10th, I guess. I don't know for sure. Somewhere around there. And um, 2015. And I have just said goodbye, waved goodbye, to the last of the students I could see going through security. Uh, amazing check-in. Uh, Judy and Phil, Phil being the driver, wonderful gentleman, um, loaded us up at the Best Western, Dorval, 
at quarter to seven, dropped us off at the airport, you know, by seven, luggage off. I race in ahead and grab an Air Canada agent and say, hey, I got a group of 34 people going back to Japan. And she says, I'll just see if the boarding passes are ready. And next thing you know, I've got a team of about four Air Canada people dying to work with our group because they know how easy it is to work with Japanese people. And uh, it just was amazing. I mean, they were tagging the luggage, putting it on, everything checked in, bam, uh, done. And by 7.30, they were, uh, they were through security. And I'm here waiting for uh, the shuttle bus to, uh, to take me back to Best Western. I cannot believe it. Like, that is a new record. Uh, and it's, it's quite wonderful. So I've got the mic on uh, low sensitivity because there's people and chatter and noise all around me. Hope you can hear this. Um, what a fabulous tour it was. Uh, now, I say that every year. And it's true every single year. And uh, this... Wow. This is the 21st tour I've done with this same school. 21 tours, trips to Quebec City, to camp, everything else. And uh, it's a whole life history, and it's, it's incredible. I mean, you think how many of those girls, the first ones that we did, are in their 40s now. Well, wait a minute now, 16, 21, uh, 37, 38, but married with children, you know, holy moly, wow. Um, I gave my speech last night. I always give an impromptu speech, and, and this one was... It, it, they're good. I, and uh, the teacher said, I wish I had recorded that. And I'm thinking, damn it, why didn't I? But I might have become more self-conscious had I had the recorder going. Yeah, we... I, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it just... Uh, I, I talked, you know, how privileged they were. And I mean, I thank them for their wonderful, excellent behavior and so on, but also how fortunate they were to have all the blessings uh, that they have in life and that um, they experience so much kindness here in Canada that I would hope each and every one of them will be as kind and considerate and caring when they're older but especially for those in the world who have so little and how much sadness and poverty and pain there is in the world and, and for them to do whatever they can in their way to help make it a happier, kinder world. Uh, I, I mean, it was, a good, it was a good speech. It was a good talk. And it was heartfelt. I mean, I'm always just on the edge of tears as I'm doing it and, and, uh, because it's coming from a good place inside me. I don't mind saying that. It's genuine. Um, the people I work with, Judy, uh, my, my little sister, she's only five foot tall, is a riot and her and I we get absolutely silly on every tour and the teachers really do appreciate it uh, because it's just it, it's so bizarre it's so crazy that uh, they see the friendship they see the love we have and uh, that's a good thing too um, something else about that speech anyway I, you know it, it just it's rich, it's deep, it's alive, it's meaningful. What more can you ask for in a job? I, my biggest problem, of course, is, I mean, I, I was in pain every single day. And again, I'm not going to go on and on and on and on and on about it, but that's a reality. Like every walk was, holy shit, this is hurting, hurting badly. And uh, everybody could see it, you know, and the way I moved... And I can't, I can't do that next year. And they want me to keep going. They, they, the school values this. And, and I'm the only one. It's not like a transferable, oh, boom, somebody else can do it. It's not. It is, it does have my touch. Um, so I've got to get myself fixed. I've got to, something about the, the back that's causing this pain. And uh, Oh, shit, there goes a the Best Western. Oh, God damn it. Fuck. How did I miss that? Oh, okay, now, now, okay, now I'm, here's me talking to you and my shuttle bus disappears. Damn it, damn it, damn it. Shit. It was hiding behind a Holiday Inn shuttle. I, like, the, the bugger, come on. 
All right, all right, all right. <laughs> you know, things like this happen every day, too. I talk about this being the best tour ever, but I, I always need it. It's Real life always has to give you a little slap in the face to say, yeah, yeah, but nothing is perfect, man. And uh, that's an example. Like, now, shit. I mean, I want to be back. Having, God damn it. Damn, 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 damn. Because I know, like, how long is it going to be? He's just leaving now. How long before that guy decides to come back to the airport? And it's not one you can call up. Jesus Christ. All right, I, you know. God. <laughs> oh. Lordy, lordy, lordy. What is the lesson there? I, well, it, I always feel in life everything is a lesson. And there I was just feeling a little too smug, a little too proud of myself, you know, heaping praises on myself, a little too many, and I needed that little slap in the face. Say, yeah, okay, hey, hey, you know. What else are you going to do? You know, you're not, you're, you're, there's more. There's more that needs doing. You just don't sit there and, uh, uh, as our principal in high school used to say, old school Gavin T. Graham, you don't rest on your laurels. Don't rest on your laurels. And now those words come back to haunt me. And that's exactly what I was doing. Imagine that. 1965. Gavin D. Graham, or he probably he died around then. Um, don't rest on your laurels. Jesus. And that's what I was doing. And this is the punishment I get. i got to sit out here and wait again. Maybe the punishment will be I'll be heaping it on you because I'll just keep talking. But uh, no, we'll put an end to this. Um, bright side of the day, once I get back, showered, changed, leave my luggage behind because I'm checking out, and uh, heading off to... Uh, Sinagath or Sinadel? I think it's Sinadel. Um, to, uh, to meet up with some good friends from the world of podcasting. And uh, that is going to be absolutely wonderful. <sighs> All right. Ken, signing off. Catch you later. Black that black can go Are you a teacher of the heart? Soft, she answered no I met a girl across the sea Her hair, the gold that gold can be Are you a teacher of the heart? Yes, but not for thee I met a man who lost his mind In some lost place I had to find Follow me, the wise man said But he walked behind I walked into a hospital Where none was sick and none was well When at night the nurses left I could not walk at all Morning came and then came noon Time a scalpel blade lay beside my silver spoon. Some girls wander by mistake into the mess that scalpels make. Are you the teachers of my heart? We teach old hearts to break. One morning I woke up alone, the hospital and the nurse is gone. Have I carved enough, my lord? Child, you are a bone. Played well. How much do these suppers cost? We'll take it out in hate. I spent my hatred every place, on every work, on every face. Someone gave me wishes, and I wished for an embrace. Several girls embraced me then. I was embraced by men. Is my passion perfect? No, do it once again. I was handsome, I was strong, I knew the words of every song. Did my singing please you? No, the words you sang were wrong. down what I confess are you the teachers of my heart we teach old hearts to rest oh 
Teachers, all my lessons done. I cannot do another one. They laughed and laughed and said, Well, child, are your lessons done? Are your lessons done? Are your lessons done? Saturday, August 8th. Yes, it is now Monday, 2015. Sitting in a chair, one of those, uh, you know, I think one of the called Adirondack chairs or uh, Muskoka chairs. (laughs) But I'm in the Laurentian, so let's call it a Laurentian chair. Uh, In St. Adele, uh, not really a town, but at the home of uh, Michelle. Came up here yesterday and uh, had just a wonderful little gathering with uh, Michelle, John Meadows, our photographer friend, also blogger, and uh, not blogger, a podcaster. Oh, you know, look, hey, 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 I'm only, got, I'm only a few sips into this giant cup of coffee he just made me. He's inside cooking breakfast now. Yes, I am spoiled. I'm really playing up the old age thing, my injured back. So yesterday I didn't lift a, lift a finger. I was I was fed uh, baked potatoes from the barbecue, corn roasted on the barbecue, and a huge steak. Holy shit, was it good? Uh, John cooked that. Uh, Michelle did the rest. And then a spicy sausage. Uh, <laughs> this is how rude I am. Oh, oh, oh. Um, I brought up a bottle of wine. It was a bottle of wine I bought for my teachers, and it was a uh, Peely Island. Uh, I don't know, Gamay or something. But I uh, we didn't. I didn't drink it with the teachers. And then towards the end, I thought, well, I'm not good. I, I knew I was going coming to Michelle's, and I didn't want to come empty-handed, so. I came up with some nuts and chocolate and um, this bottle of Peely Island wine. And uh, we sat down to eat our steak dinner and uh, I, I had a taste. I said, mm, I don't really like that. It's too light. I like a full-bodied wine. And sure enough, oh my God, Michelle came out with an absolutely beautiful prize-winning French wine. A classy wine, which um, I drank quite a bit of including right down to the last glass before bed. She went off to stay at her mother's place and left John and I in the two beds here at this delightful little cottage uh, home. Uh, You climb up a ladder, and uh, you want to really be careful going down that ladder, believe me. Anyway, I'm sitting on the deck now. Um, I'm trying to say too many things at once, so bear with me while I, my head gets collected. Uh, yesterday was, whoa, what a fabulous day. Saw the students off. I think I mentioned that. Missed my shuttle bus. Anyway, my friend came for me, Mike, who I've known since grade nine in high school. And believe me, that's going back. We're talking 1964, 63. Uh, he came to pick me up. And we drove off uh, off the island, off to Doriel, to uh, Big Pete's Smoked Meat. And man, ordered the jumbo smoked meat sandwich. It was so good. And we, we've done this before. It's a tradition. The day my students leave, Mike comes and picks me up from the hotel. And, oh, delicious. With a cherry Coke. And then... He has a cottage in this area, a place called Montfort, and so he drove me. He, uh, Michelle sent the directions, and Mike kindly drove me right to her driveway here in uh, St. Adele, and then left, wasn't ready to meet anybody. And uh, how wonderful to get a lift up here, because there's no other way I would have got here. And dear John offered to go back and get me, and uh, I have to talk to him about being too considerate to people like me. Although... It was pretty nice to have him cook that steak last night. I promised. I said, well, hey, hey, today I do the dishes, but that's that's the 
that's the minimum you can get away with for uh, having people wait on you. Anyway, Sylvain was here with a box full of his homemade beer, which was very good. Very good. This is our good friend Seville Gromley's own, who I don't see often enough and hadn't seen for a long time. And uh, yours, our friend Bob Goyetch as well. So it was nice, the, uh, the five of us sitting around chatting, drinking beer. Uh, and again, for me, just to hear Sylvain and Bob talk French. I, I, you know, I, I tried to explain why. I, I don't know why that means so much to me. Why it just makes me so happy, and, and it's it's so embarrassing because I don't speak French. I don't. I mean, I could understand some of what they were saying, but it's just the comfort of hearing this in the background, and, and it has to be because I grew up in Montreal, and it's always been a part of my life. But there's there's something else, and maybe there's a comfort to hear people. Two people. It's it's the sound I like, and the the words and, and the wonder that people like that can just be bilingual, can just switch from one to the other. And and so it's a, a very interesting talk about the you know, Francophone roots. And uh, Sylvain's go very, very deep. And uh, Bob has some English in his side, as does uh, Michel. Uh, but they identify with Quebec. So anyway... That was enjoyable. Then we walked down to the lake, and uh, there was a red reclining chair that, like I have on my deck at home. And the minute I saw that from the distance, I just made a beeline straight for it. Out I went, and when everybody left, I was still there in that chair, reclined, just dozing off in the sun. I had some sleep to catch up on, having begun my day at 5.30 to get the girls ready. Well, I didn't do anything to get them ready. Everybody else did. There's an awful lot of... Uh, Stuff that I just seem to enjoy without having to do a whole lot. I, uh, oh, I won't question that too much further. So anyway, today is uh, Monday, and John is going to uh, drive us back to um, the hotel in Dorval. And we're going to have a tour of Lachine. I'm going to give John a guided tour of Lachine my hometown, and uh, we'll see what we'll see. I'll do the usual schools and so on, but there's, uh, hopefully we'll find a nice place for lunch somewhere and uh, use it, hopefully, as a, an opportunity for photography for John. He's here with all his camera gear. I mean, the purpose of John's visit was to come up and take pictures of Michelle out here on these wonderful grounds. She's got eight acres here, going right down to the lake. And uh, what a splendid way... Uh, well, all of us enjoyed dating together, but for me to end my study tour day and then bam, right in the middle of a, a party, what a great, great opportunity, just a, a working out of the times and just getting up here. And we're, I'm looking, she's got, it's a wonderful, quaint, quaint, quaint little house of the, we couldn't old history. There's a bell tower on top, a clock tower, bell tower. Uh, a little gazebo-type place where we uh, sat and ate supper last night outside. That marvelous, wonderful, gorgeous steak. So, now I'm sitting out here, and I just thought I'd, uh, I'd catch you up with uh, what's going on in my life. I don't. The, the tour is over. This is officially an end, but this is just another podcast. And believe you me, the Baby Sally podcast is, is still a Baby Sally podcast, but it's taken the shape and perhaps the character of uh, Dixon James, and that's okay. A little more talk about the Dixon James zine. I have some people who are very interested in writing. John um, will contribute something. So I'm thrilled about the fact that I have a whole new market for that zine of podcasters and people who are interested and people who have artistic skills, interests, talents, and drives that they need to express. So there will be writers amongst this group, and uh, I'm excited about that. More when I get back, and it'll be a, a late fall edition. But stay tuned if you're a listener to this, and uh, I don't have your mailing address. You better get that to me, okay? Here you are. This is Ken, and you could send 
any inquiries, if you want to be on the mailing list, okay, here you are, here you are. Here's this is important. If you've been listening this far, I'm giving an important piece of information right now. If you want a copy of the Dixon Jane Zine, and the first one may go out free, uh, just to get subscribers. With they hope that once you read it, you'll say yep, and you'll uh, you'll go to the PayPal account all set up and uh, sign on. And uh, if not, you don't get another one. It's as simple as that. So send your uh, requests and your address and everything to Dixon Janes, that's D-I-C-K-S-N-J-A-N-E-S, at gmail.com. And uh, tell me, hey, put me down for that zine. I'd really like to flip through those 16 pages and have this little thing sitting in my bathroom so every time I go for a crap, I can pick it up and uh, read something. Because that's how it works best. All right, I think I'm going to sign off. I'm I've, I'm on open to page four of the uh, Globe. North Korea set to launch new time zone. Pyongyang time to involve setting clocks back half an hour on August 15th, aimed at reigniting anger over Japan's unpardonable crimes in the Second World War. All right. UN resolution aims to identify users of chemical weapons. Not so nice. And this one that bothers me very much, and this ties into my church, or the, uh, the, one of the things that we call out when we have our time to think of the people who have suffered. Um, secularist blogger killed in Bangladesh, machete attack. Attackers with mache- armed with machetes... Killed the blogger in Bangladesh on Friday, the fourth such killing of an online critic of religious extremism in six months, prompting calls by human rights groups for a swift and thorough investigation. Well, what's that going to do? People know who they are. Local police know who they are. This isn't in secret. These are people who are standing up. And anybody who dares to question extremism is butchered to death. And that is just fucking awful and fucking wrong and those people should be if any it's the trouble is I mean what what countries leaders police and judicial system have the balls have the courage say hey fuckheads you don't kill people with machetes we don't allow that here whatever your beliefs are however you feel offended fuck you you're going to jail but uh, somehow I don't think that's going to happen for a very long time so, on that ugly note, um, by the way, I don't know that I mentioned this, but uh, just the uh, somewhere in the middle of my tour, or maybe it was just before I got an email from Greta's site, Greta Vosper, the uh, leader of our church, West Hill United, saying that she was going to be interviewed on CBC which she was, and uh, my good friend Mike heard that. So as, as we were driving up here, uh, I said, oh, i got lots of stories, and one of them is I joined a church. And Mike said, hmm, of all the people I know, you're the last person I ever would have thought would have joined a church. And I said, yes, but it's a special church. Our minister's an atheist. And I said, oh, I heard about that on CBC. I was having dinner with some guests, one who was a retired minister, and we were talking about that very thing. So here's John with the breakfast, so this seems a perfect time. Oh, looks wonderful. Sausages, scrambled eggs. Oh, my God. Wonderful. I have. Been, oh, he even moved the plate so I could put my coffee mug there. I've been saying John has been a bit too polite. And uh, Now, John, that's a little wet. I don't know if you've noticed. Maybe it's dried now, but it looks a little wet from the sun. Here's me trying to be polite and pretending I'm Thank grateful. You Thank you. Okay. So... <laughs> John left his iPhone up there beside the bed because he didn't want to disturb me while I was going back for a second nap. But uh, anyway, we'll end here. Enjoy our breakfast, and uh, thanks for tuning in, and uh, more to come. Bye for now.
just to be 